Hey guys, Tom Laird, voice of advice from a call center geek, CEO at Expedia. Hey, the podcast is brought to you by Expedia Interaction Marketing. We are a 600-seat call center outsourcer. I would love to talk to any of you looking to outsource any of your customer support or your sales functions, looking for political calling or, or just some extra overflow during the holiday season. If you are looking for any type of USA outsourcing support, hit me up. You guys know my LinkedIn. I'd love to talk. This is Advice from a Call Center Geek, a weekly podcast with a focus on all things call center. We'll cover it all from call center operations, hiring, culture, technology, and education. We're here to give you actionable items to improve the quality of yours and your customers' experience. This is an evolving industry with creative minds and ambitious people like this guy. Not only is his passion call center operations, but he's our host. He's the CEO of Expedia Interaction Marketing Group and the call center geek himself, Tom Laird. What's up, everybody? Welcome back to another episode, and thank you for listening to Advice from a Call Center Geek, the Call Center and Contact Center podcast. We're trying to give you some actionable items to take back in your contact center, improve your overall quality, improve your agent engagement, hopefully improve the customer experience as well. My name is Tom Laird. I am the CEO of Expedia Interaction Marketing. We're a 500-600 seat call center outsourcer located here in Northwestern PA. How's everybody doing on this Monday? As I recorded, is uh, March 29th, and uh, spring is, is slowly starting to creep in. I hope it's uh, creeping into you guys as well, wherever you are listening from. Hey, I got a couple things I want to talk about today. Number one, when we get into kind of the meat and potatoes here, I want to talk about ratios. I've had some questions on, you know, what is the rep to supervisor ratio? What is your QA to supervisor to rep ratio? What is your WFM ratio? You know, those types of things. How many trainers do I need? So let's let's talk about some of that stuff here today. But before I do that, I want to invite you guys to something. So... We have tried desperately to get some engagement on our advice from a call center geek Facebook community, and we have failed miserably. So we've kind of gone back to the drawing board on that. Um, I posted on LinkedIn a couple, uh, maybe a week and week and a half ago, and asked if if you guys would be interested, or at least the link to my LinkedIn connections, if if there'd be interest any interest in a LinkedIn group. And and the feedback seemed pretty good, at least initially on the post. So. Literally about an hour ago, and that's probably one of the main reasons I wanted to do a, another podcast today to kind of throw this out. Um, we now have the Advice from a Call Center Geek Call Center Operations Tips and Tactics group on LinkedIn. So please, we are looking to have, again, a group of kind of like-minded customer service and call center professionals have a place where they can go ask questions um, get some best practices from other people in the industry, not just hearing my voice, but hearing all of your voices in a way that we can all help each other. Again, there's no solicitation on there. There's no sales on there. I'll, you know, take any of those those type of posts down, you know, not, not let that person post anymore. So again, this is just hardcore call center knowledge, right, that we can all share because all of us have such expertise in, in so many different areas that it'd be great if we can just have one you know, real place where, where we can talk about those types of things. So again, it is the uh, the advice from a call center geek, call center tips and tactics uh, LinkedIn group. So please, you know, head over there if you are on LinkedIn, join that group. Um, I'm not even, you know, once you click, you're, you're in and, and you can start posting. 
I'm not even going to, I mean, I'll look at all the posts, but, you know, as soon as you post it, you know, sometimes you can have the admins review and, and I'm not going to do that and, unless I see, you know, we have a big issue. But speaking of that, also, I'm looking for three admins that would like to help, right? Just kind of moderate content. Again, not a big undertaking here. Maybe once a day, go on and just kind of check to see if everything is is okay or if anybody has any questions. So if you would like to be a, a moderator or an admin, um, I would appreciate that. Just kind of hit me up on LinkedIn or you know, send me a message. Um, the other thing that I wanted to kind of talk to you guys about and, and kind of generate some interest, hopefully, is I'm going to to be doing, um, as of right now, the date may change, but it is April April 7th. Um, I'm going to be doing an Ask Me Anything on Reddit, right? So if you're unfamiliar with that, basically, it's, it's just a, a couple hours where literally – you can go on to Reddit and just ask someone anything in an AMA, right? So that's that's what an AMA is. So, you know, they've had everyone on there from President Obama to, you know, plumbers to electricians, right? So it's really, it's it's any topic that, you know, there could be some interest in that you're a quote-unquote kind of expert, I guess. I, I guess I kind of am an expert, um, or at least I definitely am doing this for a living. So again, something I think that could be kind of cool on May... I'm sorry, April 7th, uh, doing an AMA on Reddit on, on call center operations. So if you have any questions, that's a, that's a place to go. And then also this, uh, next week, we're going to be doing a, a clubhouse. If you are part of the clubhouse app, we're going to be doing that on, on some call center operations and, and some, some QA. Okay. So let's talk about what we wanted to kind of get into today, which is kind of ratios, right? On, on your call center floor and, Again, this is not a cookie cutter, one size fit all. This is how you should do it. All I'm going to do is give you how I do it, understanding that we're a BPO, right? So we're an outsourcer. We work for different clients that are basically looking to outsource their customer service. So it's not like I have a floor of, you know, 150 agents all maybe taking the same thing or at least, you know, taking, you know, just sales or service or tech support for one client or one like internal center. Like I know a lot of you guys do, we work for a lot of different clients. So it it is a little bit different on how we do this, but I think you'll get an idea. Industry average. And I love when I say that because you guys sometimes attack me on, on, we disagree on what industry average is, but it's about a 15 or 16 to one ratio when it comes to rep to supervisor. So I would say, that's what we do right now. We're, we're about 15 to 16 to one for our reps that are on the floor that have gone through training. We like to cut that in half for nesting, right? So, you know, we're about at an eight to one, seven to one ratio. And, and basically we have our supervisors, our team leads and trainers that are involved with that, right? For, for nesting. So I wouldn't have a 15 to one ratio for, you know, your new guys that are coming out on the floor for the first couple of weeks. I think those ratios need to be a little bit lower, um, but overall, you know, when you when you get to kind of status quo, fifteen to sixteen to one is kind of where we're at. When it comes to QA, and this is this has evolved for us, and I think with the technology that's out there, having less people has actually made us, you know, much better in a, in, in having a, a higher quality um, contact center because of the analytics and because of that. But for our QA, we pretty much double our supervisor ratio, so. You know, I'm about 25 to 30 to one when it comes to QA uh, per per rep, right? So we we kind of double our supervisor. And, and before it was much less than that, 
But with analytics listening for everything, you know, our QA folks have really turned into analytic folks. Um, so to where we're setting up dashboards and trying to listen to specific things, seeing trends with reps, focusing on certain reps even more than we, you know, we we did it just kind of an overall overall arching. Or if we had a supervisor say, hey, will you listen to Janie a little bit more? But now we actually have data that says who we should be listening to, right? So, you know, that's kind of how we've we've kind of evolved our our QA. Having said that, uh, you know, between all of our supervisors, team leads, management trainees, which I'm going to get into this in here in a second. Um, we are still trying to get about three to four scored calls per week per rep, right? So, you know, before that, that kind of solely came down on the, on the QA staff. That's initially how we set it up. But then as we have grown, you know, supervisors are monitoring all the time. Right, so it just made sense that they would become involved as well to a certain part of their part of their day, um, that they're scoring calls as well. Not the whole day, uh, but we definitely have some time set out for them to to make sure that we do that. Let me let me get back to this quick. This fifteen to one ratio too as well. So the other thing that we do, I know a lot of you guys have team leads, right? In our call center, we do have team leads, but they're kind of few and far between, and and those are team leads are maybe you know, a step before management trainee, right? Somebody who's trying to become a management trainer wants to be a supervisor, they could be a team lead, right? Or it's somebody that's like, you know what, I really don't want to be a supervisor, but, you know, we kind of see them as a leader. Uh, we like to pay them a little bit more, give them a little bit of responsibility, uh, but they're kind of, they're happy with where they are. They're happy, you know, taking calls or, or, you know, being that leader on the team, but really don't want to, you know, are okay with not being a supervisor. It's kind of just not for them. So what we do is basically we try to have a you know a team lead and it's basically you know about every th- one one team lead for about every three teams that we have. So you know if we're talking a 15 to 1 ratio that's about one for every 45. But what we do is we have our management trainees. Our management trainees are like our team leads. So we have most of the time most teams have a management trainee on them as well. So that's kind of a working supervisor, I guess you could say, right? They're taking calls, they're on the floor, you know, they're doing the job of the associate. If the supervisor needs to go on break, if they're off, they're kind of the substitute teacher, right? <laughs> so they come, they take over the team. Um, they work through the, the day if a, if a supervisor is off or has, you know, PTO or, or anything like that. So that's kind of how our hierarchy works with, we call it our OIC, which is kind of our, our site manager, right? And then we have supervisors and then under the supervisors are the management trainees and then sprinkled in our, our team leads as well. That can, that can help in, in an emergency, but they're also there to kind of sit with the newer reps, make sure that, you know, those things are, that the, the new reps are comfortable and, and, and we can get through uh, as much higher quality as we can really early on when a rep comes off the, out of training and out of nesting. We've added um, analytics, an analytics team, right, to our QA staff. We have an analytics team that handles about 50 reps, and that normally breaks out to about, you know, three teams, right? And this is a little different because we may have just one dedicated analytic um, team member or manager for a specific client. The client may have 100 seats, so we might just have them work with them. Uh, but, you know, some of our smaller programs that may be just a 15-seater, we'll look at, you know, three different 15-seaters, um, and they'll be the analytic lead for that. 
So not only are they looking for the QA analytics, but they're looking for overall customer sentiment. They're looking at trending keywords. They're looking at those types of things that we can give back to our clients, right? To, to give them some, some added insight. They develop the reports that we do either monthly or quarterly, depending on what the client wants uh, from an analytics standpoint. So that's kind of an evolving job description, I guess. Uh, that is something that's relatively new, probably the last year and a half that we've, you know, kind of took away from QA and kind of made it its own specific area because it is a different type of skill set, I think, to to really to do it right. Um, same thing with our WFM. You know, WFM for us, we have two WFM managers for the organization. Um, they basically split shifts really don't have any from WFM on third shift. So it's kind of a first shift, second shift kind of deal. Um, and and they're basically handling everybody. You know, we have that kind of under control. So they're doing everything from the staffing and then, you know, looking at service levels, looking at uh, doing forecasts, those types of things. So those two guys kind of team up together. They work within the analytic group. So there's a little bit probably more than just two WFM guys that could do it, um, but they're kind of dedicated to uh, to that role. And then for us, the trainers, you know, we we are probably a little bit more trainer heavy than than an internal contact center, right? Because we have so many different clients with so many different types of programs that you know training is is a huge part of what we do from a quality aspect standpoint. So, um, you know, we we say that we can handle about fifty reps per trainer. So. And that depends if we are in an, a heavy onboarding phase where we may pull some supervisors for some added assistance, but, you know, kind of steady state, that's kind of what we look at from an ongoing education for when new, new information comes out. That's kind of how we, we at least look at that from a financial standpoint. And then also from a, a viewpoint that we think it's the most benefit to the client and to the rep um, as well. And then it's kind of the same thing with our HR staff. We like to have an HR member for about every time that we get to about 75 new reps or 75 more reps, we will add another HR team member, right? So our HR team members are doing everything from, you know, talking to them about attendance to doing um, 30, 60, 90 day reviews, which, you know, are, are just a little bit different than our weekly agent analysis. If you don't know what that is, check out that podcast. Uh, but, you know, they're there for for more of the support from the agents, from the HR, pay time off, kind of the benefit um, overseer as well. And we do all of our own recruiting, right? We don't hire temps. Um, everyone here is full-time, and it is up to the HR staff really to, to rally. Uh, they man all of our Facebook and, and other social feeds that we're, we're using to recruit agents, um, so, you know, it's really their, their job to do the, the interviewing, make sure that we have the team members, make sure that the classes are confirmed and you know, doing all the legwork that it takes to, to fill the center. And then also working directly with client services and with our trainers to make sure that training is going on as it should. And then if there's obviously any issues or anything that comes up during a day or a week on the call center floor, you know, they're there to, to kind of help and assist if, if anything should arise from, from that standpoint, and then they're also, you know, answering a ton of associate questions, as you can imagine with, you know, when you get to the 500, 600 people, there's lots of questions on lots of different things, especially as we've been growing and kind of onboarding. So you know, that's a, it's, it's funny how different areas take stress on, you know, depending on the growth of your organization and also not just the growth, but where you are, you know, at that time frame. you know, with COVID and us onboarding so many agents so fast for, for all the two one ones. 
and for the vaccines, you know, we've really you know stressed our HR and, and tried to beef that up. And I think, you know, that will somewhat go away and, and we'll have different roles then for our HR staff. They won't be recruiters, but, you know, we'll be really focusing then on attrition and, and, and talking to associates and, and that, those types of things. So, so that's kind of what I got for you guys. I think hopefully that's helpful um, just to kind of give you a little background on, on what we do from a ratio standpoint, how many supervisors, how many management personnel do we utilize, you know, in a, in, in our contact center. And maybe that'll help you streamline or, or maybe beef up certain areas that you think are are understaffed from a management perspective or, or overstaffed from a management perspective as well. Please let me know if you have any questions. Shoot me a shoot me a a DM on on LinkedIn or a message. I'm meeting with uh, two listeners this week who just have some random questions on things, so I'm I'm always open for that as well. I always like doing that. Um, and again, just uh, if you are listening this far into this podcast, you really are a call center nerd and geek, which I appreciate. So please uh, look to join that LinkedIn group, uh, call center tips and tactics from uh, advice from a call center geek. Thanks guys. And I will talk to you all uh, very soon.